at my feet who else can move the mountains I am facing who else already holds my victory I trust Jesus I trust Jesus in the storm in the fight all my days all my trust Jesus, always Jesus, come what will, come what may, still my heart will choose to say, I trust Jesus. Who else would pay the price for my redemption? Who else would bear a cross that's meant for me? Who else has conquered death and holds the key? I trust Jesus, I trust Jesus in the storm, in the fight, all my days, all my life. I trust Jesus, always Jesus, come what will, come what may, still my Trust Jesus. Oh, oh, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. I trust in Jesus name my hope is built hope on is nothing built. less than Jesus blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame I trust in Jesus name I trust Jesus, I trust Jesus in the storm, in the fight, all my days, all my life. I trust Jesus, always Jesus, come what will, come what may, still my heart will choose to say, come what will, come what may, still my heart will choose to say, I trust Jesus.
righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame I trust in Jesus name Good morning church would you please rise for our first song Church. Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7. We're beginning in verse 31. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, 
he put his fingers into his ear and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Epaphrata, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened. His tongue was released and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the word of the Lord. If you please remain standing as we share together and profess our confession of faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Let's go to God in prayer. If you would please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for uh, our worship time together. And Lord, we know as, uh, as you've promised us, where there are two or more of us gathered in your name, you're with us. And Lord, we thank you for that. This morning, Lord, we come to you because we know that as sinners, we know that there's people here who are full of fear and just don't feel like they, uh, they belong or they're worthy. And Lord, we know that in you, everything is possible. And we're so grateful for the fact that uh, you lead us through all the, the craziness of life. Lord, we, we just thank you for that. And Lord, we ask this morning that you bless our time together, bless the worship service, the music we're going to sing, as well as our as well as our fellowship. Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. When he told you you were trouble, 
Boys and girls, come on up front for the kids' message. Yeah, come on up. We're going to play a game this morning, all right? Have you ever played the game telephone? Oh, yes, yes. You have? All right. Come on up. There's plenty of room up here. You love telephone? Cool. Do you want to play telephone? All right, stand up. Do you want to play telephone? All right, stand up. You want to play telephone? Stand up. You want to play telephone? Stand up. Stand up. You want to play telephone? All right, stand up. Does anybody else want to play telephone? All right, come on up. Come on up. Come. All right, let's just form a circle around here. That's probably enough. Let's see. Go ahead and form a circle all the way around. All right. Do you know how to play telephone? All right, so I will whisper something in your ear. 
and then you whisper it in his ear, and then you whisper it in his ear, and then we'll go around, and we'll see if everybody understands. All right, step back a little bit, and we'll let these, these kids in too. There we go. All right. I'm going to turn my microphone off so not everybody hears me. All right. You guys ready? We'll see if they hear it. I think they're doing pretty good. Can you tell him what he, what you heard? Can you tell? Do you want to tell him? go. All right, what did you hear? What was it? Banana. Banana? Is that what you heard, banana? Is that what you heard? What did you hear? Putty banana? Putty banana. What's a putty banana? I don't know either. What did you hear? What did you hear? Putty banana? What did you hear? <gasps> Spotted ripe banana? What did you hear? I heard like body ripe Really? Wow. Was that for the whole family? Yeah. It was spotted ripe banana. It, we kind of started to lose it a little bit. I don't know what a putty banana is. I know what banana pudding is, but not, I don't know. All right. Go ahead and have a seat. What? We dip bananas in it. Yeah? You dip, you put bananas in banana pudding? <laughs> All right, well, you guys did pretty good, but that's a fun game, isn't it? Because usually by the time you get to the end, it's something totally different. Well, you know what? Jesus, when he was teaching and when he was saying things, people didn't always understand what he had to say. They didn't always hear him, right? And they kind of got confused, kind of like we went from spotted ripe bananas to putty bananas. Yeah? So you know what? Jesus said something often after he would teach, and we see it in Mark Chapter 4, verse 9, Jesus says, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus knew not everyone was going to hear and understand and believe what he had to say. So he would, he would teach something and say, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. And he was not talking about physical ears. He was talking about spiritual ears. Ears to hear is about spiritual ears. So we can have ears to hear spiritually through faith in Jesus. So our faith in Jesus gives us ears to hear so we can hear Jesus, we can believe Jesus, we can trust him, we can understand Jesus, and we can try to do the things that Jesus tells us to do. That's ears to hear. Pretty cool, huh? So you know what? That doesn't mean that when we have faith in Jesus, we just automatically know and understand everything about Jesus. Because you know what? I'm still learning stuff about Jesus and still understanding his word too. That's something that we'll always do. But when we have ears to hear through faith in Jesus, then we want to believe. We want to trust Jesus. We want to hear what he has to say. And we want to continually grow to hear from Jesus and his word. And you know what? We can also pray for our friends, for our classmates, for our neighbors, that they would have ears to hear. So that when we share the good news about Jesus to them, that they would have ears to hear and have faith in Jesus and understand and believe him too. All right? So, so that they don't hear putty bananas. 
right? We don't want them to hear potty bananas. All right, will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, and you can repeat after me. Lord Jesus, give us ears to hear so we can know you more, love you more, and follow you every day. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats, but thanks for coming up. Good morning to all of you. Uh, I just want to start it out with this. If you have served or are serving in the armed forces, would you please stand up? Thank you. Let's, let's applaud. Uh, thank you for all that you did so that we can experience the freedom that we have as a country. You miss out on saying, if you are a spouse of somebody who served, you served too. Uh, we are blessed because of you. All right. Uh, again, a welcome to everybody, especially our guests. We're delighted that you're with us in worship, and we invite you to come back. But before you leave, if you'd stop by Next Steps, which is in the family gathering area, or text once he gets to 94,000, and that will connect you with us, and perhaps you might have a question or two. So if you would do that. Um, also, we're going to have time of prayer that will happen in just a little bit. So if you have a prayer request that you would like included in worship, you could text it to 402-242-5051, and we'll include it today. And as we tell you every single week, we're going to have communion it is a glorious, beautiful, wonderful gift God has given. It is bread and wine, but also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sin. So if this is what you believe, we invite you and encourage you to come and celebrate with us. Um, also, I'd like to give a couple quick announcements. If I can have the care ministry slide up there. Uh, a brand new ministry that is taking place. It's, uh, it's called Care. Christians are reaching everyone. And it's really an opportunity to, with uh, words and prayer to reach out to people that would be blessed with uh, encouragement. And so there's going to be an initial start uh, Tuesday, uh, November 14th, 6.30 to 8 at Artsy Haven. And again, if you have any questions, you see some telephone numbers that you, you have up there. It might be just a really nice way for you to reach out and bless other people. All right. Also, Thanksgiving is quickly approaching and uh, pretty soon we'll be opening our doors to maybe around 700-some people that will come and be blessed with a meal and fellowship. And so, a couple ways in which you can help. Number one, pray for the event that it all goes well, um, that people are fed, yes, you know, physically, but they get to meet Jesus through the actions of many people. And if you'd like to be part of that, you could volunteer uh, many different ways you could let us know that you can volunteer. You could call the church office. You can go to the church center app. Um, just, again, let us know. You can also help in the uh, family gathering area is a, uh, some turkey feathers with different items on there that, again, you could uh, get and then bring back. Uh, we're also asking for some turkeys. If you, Some people are gifted a turkey, and they're like, well, what do we do with it? Well, you could bring it here starting... Monday, right, Randy? Yeah, tomorrow. 
and uh, it'll be used for Thanksgiving this year. So, many different ways in which you can help. We'd love to have you be a part of it. Um, and the last thing is we're going to have joy baskets passed during this next song. Why do we pass joy baskets? I hope, at a minimum, when a joy basket goes right by you, you at least pause and remember, you know what, I have joy because of Jesus and he has blessed me so much. And I hope you at least see that. But then may you be moved beyond that to say, you know, in what ways can I show my thanksgiving? Maybe it's by serving at a thanksgiving meal. Maybe it is, again, singing the songs or praying the prayers. Maybe it's also giving of your tithes and offerings to support the mission and ministry here at 1C. So we just put it on you to pray about it and to listen to God's leading and guiding as uh, we are to be faithful to him. That's it for announcements. Let's continue our worship. Take away the melodies Take away the songs I sing Take away all the lies And all the songs you let me write Does the man I am today Say the words you need to say let them see Let them hear you when 
what a beautiful prayer. And when that happens, wow, great things take place. And as we've been watching throughout The Chosen, as we see in the Gospels, uh, when the love of Jesus is evident in the lives of his people, other people get to see it, and other people's lives are changed. So that's, that's God's desire, is that the love of his Son would be in us and through us. And one of the things that happens in Holy Communion, we do believe Jesus is present in this bread and wine, and we receive it. It's ours for the purpose of forgiveness of sins, but also to empower us to live as God's children. So we're going to do that. We're going to celebrate that meal. But before we do, we're going to take a moment and confess our sins and uh, get honest with God about our great need for his forgiveness. So let's share together the prayer that's up on the screen. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And again, let me just give you a very simple yet powerful reminder that because of Jesus, because of his suffering, death, and resurrection, your sins, my sins, are forgiven. And because of his victory, we have received this victory so we can live in that with every breath we take. So with that in mind, our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. We continue now with the celebration of the Lord's Supper.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Dear gracious Lord, we are so grateful that you sent your son Jesus to intercede for us. And because of that, we can come with confidence before you. Prayers for my dear friend to have good biopsy results. Prayers for my son to find a job and overcome depression. Prayers for my friend Cindy as she continues to heal from cancer treatments. Dear Lord, we are asking for your healing hands to comfort and heal our friend Karsty as she lays in the hospital with complete kidney failure and lung defects. Help to keep her out of pain and bring her peace that only you can provide. Prayers for my father-in-law. Help him to find comfort. Prayers for Karen that she feel peace and comfort. Prayers for my mother who is moving into a home this week. Keep her safe and comfortable until you call her home. Prayers for my daughter. Help her to pass her push-up test. Bless her with strength and courage to get it done. God, you provide all that we need in any circumstance. You offer peace to the anxious heart. You bring joy to the cheerless face. You are the lifter of our heads. Lord, keep reminding us that we don't have to know the plan to trust that there is a plan. We don't have to feel good to trust that there is good coming. Instead, we can fix our eyes on you, knowing and trusting that you are good and you love us so. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
are, um, this is actually week seven. Last week we took off a little bit, kind of. Uh, we had the middle school gathering here and um, went a different direction with the message. Um, but today it's going to be about having ears to hear. And I couldn't help but think of three different stories. One you may have heard, but I'll just remind you. Um, November is the time when I start thinking about what gift do I get Kristen for Christmas? I probably think like even earlier than that, but November I start getting serious and then I start planting little seeds and I start asking her like, you know, would you ever want this? And I just kind of do it gently softly. Well, 25 years ago, one of the big, big things that were being sold uh, were bread machines. How many of you got a bread machine? Okay, it could have been around then. And I remember talking to Kristen, just hinting, saying, hey, I know so-and-so has a bread machine. What do you think of that? What she said and what I heard were two different things. I'm giving you advance warning of the outcome that did not go so well. <laughs> what she said was, yeah, I don't think I'd ever use one. I like making bread from scratch. I like kneading it and all this. And I think I've really heard, it's a really great idea. I hope you get me a really nice one. <laughs> so we get close to Christmas, and I'm like, I'm like a child. I want her to have it like now because then she could maybe even make bread for Christmas morning. Wouldn't that be great, fresh? So I remember having it all wrapped up, and I remember her um, sitting down and opening it, and I remember the look on her face. For those of you that are married, you know what that look is. <laughs> I did not listen. There is a, a little joke that goes around in our house, is that <clears throat> if I sit... Let's see, if I sit to the right of you, it's because I don't want to hear you. Because I have one really, really good ear, and one ear that's kind of good. So if I sit to the right of you, it's probably because I don't want to hear what you have to say. Okay? Third story. I went to a Lutheran Christian school for 13 years. And I constantly went like this. I didn't want to hear what was being taught. Honestly, I know the Word of God was presented in very clear, beautiful, wonderful ways, and I just kept going like this, and I kept turning away. I just didn't want to hear it. This, my friends, is a spiritual condition all of humanity has. It started off with Adam and Eve. Didn't God make it very clear don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden because if you eat of it, you will surely what? Die. It, was, it wouldn't turn out well. Not going to be good. So then we have the scene of Eve and the serpent and then Eve and Adam and all the words that God spoke that were so crystal clear became kind of fuzzy and muddy. And they crossed the line and sin entered into the world and ever since then, all of humanity has had an issue in hearing. Now, last week, uh, didn't show you a video clip from The Chosen, and 
I'm going to show you one a little bit later, but I'm going to show you some images from last week. It would have been episode six. Um, a little backdrop here. We have Jesus um, going into the Decapolis area, and he is now going to be teaching. And it's, it's a little hostile area. It's, it's, it's not so open for discussion. It's, it's very um, uh, in, an interesting area. Um, so he's in the middle, he's doing some healing, he's doing some teaching, and we have different people watching and listening and having different thoughts about what they see. So let's go through some of the pictures. Uh, and a reminder, right, The Chosen is based on the Gospels, but it is not God's Word. So they kind of reflect back on what you see. So yes, Jesus did go to the Decapolis. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John will talk about that. Uh, but the Chosen will start giving you a little bit more of a backstory of what could have happened. So here we have, um, let me think, I wrote down the name of the person, um, Aslan, okay, uh, a, fair, a Pharisee. This is the one that was very cynical to everything that Jesus was saying. He started out in the back, just watching all these healings. And then as they were happening more and more and Jesus started speaking, he started walking closer. And then he started speaking to Jesus and challenging what Jesus had to say. The next image. Uh, these, are, these are assassins. These are zealots who are now coming after Simon the zealot. And they were going to get him. And now they're listening to Jesus talk about well, some stuff that's really, really going to change their world if they hear it. The next image. All right, now this, this would be Yusuf and Jairus. And they've been hanging around each other for a while. And you could see that if you watch the episode, they're really curious. They really, they, they're not quite into it. They really haven't crossed the line, but they're very open. They're hoping that this is the Messiah. The next one. Okay, these are the disciples of John the Baptist. So they have been sent by John the Baptist with a very important question, right? Are you the one or should we wait for somebody else? And so as Jesus is speaking, you could just see that they're very curious. And then the next one, Gaius. Again, that uh, Roman officer who's been kind of hanging around Peter. Very, very curious about the gospel. <laughs> and I wonder how it's going to play out down the road with Gaius. Next one, Peter and some of the disciples. They're all kind of watching. They're watching the healings. They're watching Jesus speak. They're listening. They're probably putting pieces together as they do it. And then we get to the next one. This is one of the, um, the person that was healed. Remember, he couldn't speak. He had a sign around his neck. Jesus cuts it, and now he's able to speak. Wow, next one. And as you heard me say, Barnaby is one of my favorite characters. I just think he's a hoot. I mean, he is just, a, just an interesting character. And he is watching carefully. Because as Jesus healed somebody that was blind, we find a little bit later, remember, he hangs around with Shula, who was blind. And you can almost see that he's wondering if this Jesus, who's doing these things, who's speaking these things, about the blind receiving their sight, maybe, just maybe, this Jesus could do it. So he was listening attentively. And then the last picture, 
It's just a picture of the crowd all together. And this is what was happening in the Gospels. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see many moments where crowds gather together because they were curious about Jesus. And in every crowd, I would imagine, it, it's kind of like our crowd. There are some of us that are sold on this Jesus, and we know and believe, and there's some of us, and I'm going to say that it's even me at times, where I'm like, okay, Jesus, where are you? That is a common human question. And so there is the crowd, and Jesus speaks. Uh, I'm going to take you um, on a, a journey in a scripture in a second, but uh, context, Jesus feeds the 5,000. We're actually going to see that event next week, so you want to come back. They did a, a great, great uh, image of that. But we're going to go to the Gospel of John here, and we're going to take a look at what Jesus is doing. After he feeds the 5,000, he's going to do a teaching that is going to be challenging. And we're going to hear some words here. So let's go right to the scripture. Uh, Jesus said, I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. So just a moment there. Any Jewish person knows the story of the Exodus. They know how God provided for his people. They know how he gave them manna from heaven so that they could live. And now Jesus, remember context, he feeds the 5,000. My guess, some of the people might even have the image of the Exodus and, and how God fed people. But now Jesus says, it's going to be different. He says, I am the bread. Not like any bread that you've ever had before. In fact, this is the response. Next verse. Many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? I mean, Jesus is painting a picture. He's using a metaphor. I mean, he stands there and says, I am the bread of life. He looks like a human being. He doesn't look like a loaf of bread. But Jesus is trying to speak something spiritual. For a whole bunch of people, back then and as well as today, Jesus is saying to you and to me, I am the bread of life. I will feed you like you've never been fed before. If you've been feeding on other things that the world provides, it is, it's not going to last. And it is hard to understand. In fact, very difficult. So, next slide. Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining, so he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Thank you. Human effort accomplishes nothing, and the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, that is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. And then the last slide there. 
At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Time and time again, when Jesus did his teaching, much like the images that I shared in the beginning, there's lots of different people hearing the same message, and for some, it's going over their head. For some, they're going to reject it. For some, there's going to be a question mark. And for some, it's going to be an exclamation mark. I believe it. But here's Jesus. He knows many of his disciples. Now, it's not just the 12. There were other followers. They're going to leave because these are hard sayings. It's going to become difficult. And Jesus is now going to press, and I'm going to, I'm going to push on you for a second. Jesus turned to the twelve. Now I'm going to say, Jesus turns to all of us. Are you also going to leave? Are there going to be things that God's word says to you that cause you or me to kind of take a step back and say, this is, this is just too much? Or will it be a time, like for me, for my first 13 years of life, um, going like this, right? For 17 years of life. I want to make sure I get that right. I just kept going like, I didn't want to hear what God had to say. That is our human condition. That is called sin. It's what we are good at doing. So something has to happen. And so here's a scripture from... Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Next slide. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Because of God's Spirit in you and in me, we can receive these words of God, and we can start sorting through it. I'm going to share with you, uh, this is going to be a very challenging portion of the sermon. I'm just telling you, I've been praying about this. I've been like, how do, I, how do I share this in a way that will be direct and faithful to the scripture, that will be challenging to the ears of you and to me, and that will ultimately point us to be faithful to Christ. So, St. Paul, remember St. Paul. There was a time when he was like this, and his name was Saul. He did not want to hear, he did not want to acknowledge, he did not want to admit that Jesus was the Messiah. And so he was relentless to kill Christians. God's Spirit gave him the mind of Christ. God's Spirit enabled him to see Jesus for who he was. And God's Spirit then enabled him to speak the truth in love. And you will find in the Scriptures six different 
lists of what I'm going to call scandalous sins. These are the sins that Paul just kind of keeps hitting and saying, hey folks, this is an issue in the world today. This is an issue even in the church today. This is even an issue in you and me today. These are battles and struggles. So let's have that list. Sexual immorality. Slander and gossip. Drunkenness. And greed and idolatry. So if you go, I mean, Romans 1, 1 Corinthians 5, 1 Corinthians 6, Galatians 5, 1 Timothy 1, 2 Timothy 3, that's where you're going to find these lists. And in those lists, nine different times Paul talks about sexual immorality. It is the number one scandalous issue that he is addressing with God's people. And here we are today in 2023, I'm going to tell you that this is the number one issue still. Pornography, adultery, fornication, homosexuality, any time, any place where we say, God, you know what your idea of this man and woman together forever thing? We don't really like that. We want to do it a different way. That's what's happening in this world today. We want to define it. And so Paul, nine different times, just really goes at it. Any sex outside of marriage is wrong. I mean, Paul is not leaving any room for this. And you know what the world wants to do? And I'm going to say even, there's Jim Thielen here too. Right? Because I'm, you know, I'll go to a movie now and I'll see some of these scenes being played out. Some of you know the story. I've said it before. Early on in my marriage with Kristen, we'd get up and walk out of a movie. Because we're like, I'm not going to watch this. But you know what? Now, we'll sit there and we'll let go. Like, oh, we'll just, if it gets really bad, we'll get up. What happened? So, Paul is hitting this right on. And before we think that, you know, that's it, there's slander and gossip. Five times it's on those six lists. Drunkenness, four times. Greed and idolatry, three times. And then there's, I'm just going to give you some of the other ones. Dissension, division, fits of anger, foolishness, uh, faithlessness, being boastful or proud, disobedient to parents. Just so you know, two times, kids, it says this is an issue. This is a scandalous sin. I wish my kids were right here so I could do that. Maybe I'll send them a message. Heartless, ruthless. I mean, the list that Paul gives says this is wrong. And what is, what is sin? Um, I came up across a great definition. It's refusing to honor what God has to say. It's refusing to praise God with our life in the way that would be praiseworthy. That's what sin is. We, um, we heard the gospel reading Mark 7. Randy read it just a little bit ago. Um, it's a story of this man that was uh, deaf and mute and um, 
he gets healed. And if, if you're following, if you look into the Gospels, you know, Jesus is going into the Decapolis area. And it is a, a really strange place. It's a lot of pagan teachers. Um, it's polytheistic, which means it doesn't matter what you believe. You could believe in anything. And that's the world that Jesus was now going to walk into. Not the Jerusalem where it's mostly believers, like Jewish people. Now it's going to be all a bunch of other stuff. And now he's going to go in there and he's going to start teaching. And it's really going to get the attention of a lot of people. So I'd like you to uh, watch this episode, this little clip. And watch the reaction of this man whose life was changed. And I want you to picture it was you. It was you. Rabbi. Telemachus? Jesus of Nazareth. Your teachings have reached us. So I have heard. He has not. What do you mean? He's deaf. Ayaba cannot hear and can barely speak. Uh, Telemachus, you are out of line. This is not why we need Jesus. Why shouldn't it be? Because, Rabbi, there are far greater problems right now than one man's ear. I can think of no better place to start. Didn't mean to spring this on you, I promise. I really didn't know. Please, Rabbi. I don't mean to disrespect I but... understand, son. It's okay. Sound of my voice. Telemachus. Telemachus. Am I saying that right? Yes, it's perfect. How do I know? How can we ever repay you? I have no money, no way to compensate. Actually, you can. How? By telling no one what happened. I strictly charge you to keep this quiet, which should be easy for you. You've had quite a lot of practice. <laughs> now is not the time for this word to spread. Do you hear me? Now I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> the pure joy depicted by that man. Do you have that same joy when you hear the word of God, like all of the word of God? The word of God that says you, that you are loved and valued and forgiven, I hope that gives you a lot of joy. The words, if I can go to the next slide. Ephatha. Aramaic. This is like when Jesus kind of shifts gears and he's using a different language here. And he says, be opened. And yes, very specifically, it's be opened here and here. 
But I think it's more than that. It's, it's what Jesus would say to you and me. Let's be open to what God has to say. Let's be open to what God wants to do in us and through us. Are we ready to be open to hear God's word? Are we ready to be open to then share God's word? Now, I know in the scene it says, don't tell anybody. But if you look at the gospel reading, they just started doing it anyway because they were so excited about what happened. Are you, am I ready to be open to share the message of what God has done for me and for you? And I honestly, I do believe that we are put into different circumstances and different people that need to hear that message to be open to what God has to say. Be open to do what God is calling them to do. The last scripture, if I can have that up there from John 6, Simon, this, this goes back to the reading earlier. This is how it ends. After he hears these hard words, after Jesus is saying, are some of you going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? It's like, in other words, who else is there? You have the words that give eternal life. So be in the word. Listen carefully. And follow his command. Let's stand for the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. get hard and it's hard to find the truth in all the
everybody go in peace and serve the Lord.
All right. If anyone is around that is going to come in for the study, we are going to start in a minute. One minute. If somebody that's sitting here can find Isaiah 42, 1 to 9, Isaiah 42, 1 to 9, you will be handed a microphone and you will read this out loud. Out loud. Isaiah 42, 1 through 9. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. Thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord. That is my name, and my glory will I not give to another. 
neither by praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Heavenly Father, we, um, we hear your word. Thank you for Isaiah. Thank you for inspiring him to, to share words of hope to your people a couple thousand years ago, but even for your people today in 2023. May your presence be here. May your spirit be moving mightily as we look into your word, as we, as we talk about just the way in which you, you open up our ears so we can hear what you have to say. So thanks for all that you've done and will do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, again, Isaiah, great, great, great prophet, known as a major prophet. You know, we have major prophets, minor prophets. They're, one is not better than the other, but the scope in which Isaiah is speaking is really broad. It goes back into time, so it would take the children of Israel that are hearing those words back to the time when the children of Israel were in slavery and being freed and then going on this exodus and this journey to the promised land. So they're thinking that. Isaiah is speaking to the present time where the children of Israel were, were um, in trouble and they needed to be freed, they needed to be redeemed. So the words were powerful for then, but then it points forward. So it points backward, it points to the moment, but it also points forward to 2023. There are people today that are held captive, that need to be set free. Absolutely beautiful words. So we're going to take a look at that in light of this episode that we have. And uh, I want to take you right away to um, those words. It's, it's the question that she, what quote from the episode was the most meaningful, impactful to you? <clears throat> I'll, I'll go to the words Ephatha, all right? I mentioned that in the sermon already. Uh, when, when Jesus spoke the words, be open to the man that was deaf and mute, right? He had, not totally mute, he was able to kind of say some things. Um, what do you think happened to everyone that was listening and watching? So if you look into Mark 7, if you look at the account, so somebody brings this, this man to be healed. Jesus then takes him a little bit away. So it's not even where all of this is happening. He kind of pulls him over here. Find an interesting detail that we find in Mark. Jesus does his thing. Now in the chosen, they don't show it, but remember this is one of the times where he gets the mud thing going. Yeah. And he does that. I just, I love the... Um, the symbolism of, of mud and dirt and how he does that. It's just it's beautiful. Um, and then he says those words, Ephatha, Aramaic, so it's not Greek, it's not Hebrew. He's speaking another language that has so much meaning and impact. So for somebody who has not heard or been able to speak well for a long time to now be able to do this, um, I had somebody come up to me um, after the service saying, 
I, I have a hard time hearing, you know, I wish God would do that for me. So what do you think about that? Like in light of the miracles, why some and not others? Answer, thoughts, wonder, question. Feel free. Yeah, faith, I think, is a big part of this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, in light of what you said with the mud, we know that God created Adam from the dust of the, the ground. So Jesus was showing them by doing that that he had authority and power to regenerate and put things in you that were not in you. So I yep. separate, I called you back so that you have a new beginning. So to me, what the Spirit is speaking was like, it was showing that new beginnings happen when you put your faith in me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, new beginning. And it also opened them up to a new reality of healing. And for some and not others, um, the man who was, was it the man who was blind in the book of John? that gave the testimony of Jesus. You know, if any man does God's will, he hears him. They, they asked, who sinned? His mother or his father? He said, neither. And when you go back to Exodus, God himself says, who made the blind eye? Who made the ear? So we know that some people don't get healed because there's a, a famous um, man who's an evangelist that was born with no arms and legs. But he is powerful because God uses our weaknesses to bring him glory. Like Paul, the thorn from the messenger yep. of Satan. Thrice I asked him to remove it. He didn't say no. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. So in our infirmities, we see God's hand so no one can do anything but give glory to God. Yeah, and for me, to the intersection with the word faith, um, faith is not about being healed. It's about trusting in the one who will heal sometime. We don't know when. And that's the continuum when you are in Christ to the point when we have eternal life. That's, we're going to be healed for sure. We know that he's going to do it. So it's in the who, not in the what. And I think we get that kind of mixed up sometimes. Um, and maybe we could fast forward a little bit to 